Are you tired of feeling like a loser after a breakup? Are you ready to stop wallowing in self-pity and start living your best life? Well, my friend, you've come to the right place. We're going to show you how to heal from heartbreak and find real happiness. So grab a coffee and let's get started. Welcome to Unlock Meaning, the podcast that empowers you to live a purposeful life. I'm your host, David Brulman, and I'm thrilled to have you here, ready to embark on this incredible journey. Each week, I'll share tips and lessons learned from my experiences as a believer, scientist, and humanitarian. We'll explore how to live with passion and make an impact, and more. Join me in conversations with inspiring people who have transformed the world by daring to chase big dreams. Thank you for tuning in. Let's unlock meaning in our lives and make every moment count. Hey, welcome back. Before we start, make sure to get your how to be single and happy checklist using the link right below here in the show notes. It's time that you boost your happiness right now. We all want to make a big difference in life, right? Crushing it, traveling, building a new company and empowering the next generation at church are all on the agenda. But then life throws all sorts of ugly things at you. What do you do if you just broke up with your significant other? Or even worse, you're coming out of a divorce. So like... If you're anything like me, you've been in at least one romantic relationship that didn't end well. Maybe you only went on a couple of dates before you decided it wasn't going to work out. Or maybe you had a few serious relationships that lasted a while. And if you broke up after saying till death do us part, you've got a legal document that reminds you of your failure to keep the love alive. A divorce decree. Here's the thing. Failing is just part of the game of life. You know? It's how we learn and grow. But let's be real. Failing sucks. I don't want to fail. I want to succeed. It's tough and it stinks. And when it comes to relationships, especially ones that are chock full of emotions, failure can be a real doozy. It takes time to heal those wounds and move on. I've been in a few romantic relationships in my life and every time one ends, I can help but feel like a total failure. I always assume that it's mostly my fault and I spend hours looking for what I did wrong. That's just how I am. But as time has gone by, I've started seeing these breakups differently. Now I try to learn from them and use them to grow and change so I can do better the next time around. The failure of my first serious dating relationship tore me apart, causing me to become pessimistic and then depressed. My parents, who had never seen me like that, told me that they were worried about my emotional state. At that moment, I couldn't care less about living a purpose greater than myself. I was just surviving. All right, friends, let's check out how 
we can patch up those wounds so we can rock a life full of purpose and meaning. Are you ready? Your past relationships and prolonged times of singleness may result in a hardened heart. One not willing to take the chance of falling in love and possibly being hurt again. You're not the first one to have a hardened heart. Many have been there before. But fortunately for all of us, God knows how to heal this problem. We read in his word, And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Many experiences may lead to a hardened heart. For me, these experiences include attending a wedding as the only single person there. Hearing a friend say, you are weird, David, just because I'm unmarried. Going through a breakup and enduring long periods of loneliness. And if I'm not careful, situations like these may cause me to have a hardened heart. But we read in the Bible, when I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. What moments of darkness have you experienced in your life? What did those moments do to your heart? Consider putting this video on pause for a minute and writing about these experiences. After my split with the girl I call Lauren, I had a hardened heart and I didn't know what to do about it. I was afraid of repeating my mistakes and frightened of being hurt again. In short, my heart was hardened. And then through prayer and patience, God changed me. Even if I did not see it, I felt him working. But it was not an overnight quick fix. No, it was not. My emotional healing took many years, during which he gradually replaced my heart of stone with a new heart, one that's tender, soft, patient, and ready to love again. As God was fixing my heart, I believe he provided me with a temporary layer of armor. He knew I was vulnerable and wanted to protect me until I was ready to deal with the relationship again. As I regained my full strength, this extra protection gradually disappeared, as if he told me, you have enough strength now. You can handle whatever life throws at you. This reassures me that he is a caring father. He protects and empowers us, giving us just what we need exactly when we need it. What God did for me, he also can do for you because miracles happen when God is at work. Does your heart need repair? Are you ready to let him transform you? The post-breakup period of my relationship may be dangerous and the same can be true for your case. If we do not find the courage to stand up, dust ourselves off and try again, we may go down the sedif road of self-pity. Why is this road so attractive? Because it's easy. Getting up is hard. It is extremely hard. Like when my alarm clock wakes me in the morning, it is easy to hit that snooze button and stay in bed. Getting up takes more willpower and energy. And I like the definition of self-pity. I found it in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. It's a self indulgent dwelling on one's sorrows or misfortunes. It allows for the fact that we all have difficulties in our lives, calling them sorrows or misfortunes, but cautions 
against paying too much attention to them by referring to such an excessive attention as self-indulgent dwelling, a phrase full of negative connotations. After breakup, a certain amount of self-pity is natural and part of the healing process. To recover from any injury, we must examine our wounds and tend to them. But if we're not careful, this examination may trap us into a a feeling of victimhood. Self-pity resembles a weed. If you are not mindful of it when it first appears, then the unwanted plant will soon overtake the entire garden. Okay, so if you're feeling sorry for yourself, the first step is to acknowledge it and decide to do something about it. Remember, we are in charge of our thoughts, not the other way around. So instead of dwelling on the bad stuff, try to focus on the good. And for me, I find that once I recognize my self-pity, I work hard to transform negative thoughts into positive ones by praying and worshiping. It's amazing how much my perspective changes when I focus on God's goodness. Suddenly, life looks a lot brighter and my self-pity disappears. And your healing process begins when you forgive those who have wronged you. Love those who hate you and pray for those who prey on you, said the non-mold person. To fully heal after a breakup, I had to forgive both my ex and myself. Forgiving myself was surprisingly difficult and took time for my heart to believe in. You know, carrying the burden of failure for so long made it hard to release. But with patience and time, I could finally feel the self-forgiveness in my heart and move on. The King David describes this process in a psalm. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Forgiveness starts with the knowledge God forgives. If you repent, God will forgive you. He promised it. He said, you will cast all our sins into the depth of the sea. God forgave us. He forgets all our sins by casting them far away, including every wrong we have ever done without exception or size limit. God throws them into the depth of the sea and completely forgives us for them. Despite this, I often did not forgive myself and carried the weight of my past mistakes. Why should I do such a thing when God himself has forgiven me? Many centuries later, Paul comments again on God's forgiveness, reminding us of this liberating truth. He said, There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In that passage, the small two-letter word no changes everything. There is no condemnation because Jesus has forgiven us and the Bible teaches us that God forgives all our sins as David and Paul both believed. Instead of shaming us for our mistakes and failures, God wants to uplift us and restore our souls. And the enemy tries to push us down to keep us small, but he cannot snatch us from God's hand. And he wants us to believe that we are flawed, but we are God's children. 
God wants to make us whole again. And if you feel there's some noise you have not forgiven, forgive the person who hurt you. If you feel you have already forgiven, reflect on your forgiveness. Have you forgiven yourself completely? Or is there any specific transgression you're still holding against someone else or yourself? If so, you may want to use this prayer by Debbie Pritzibalisk to let God know you want to forgive everyone completely, including yourself, and that you need his help. Let's pray this together. Dear Lord, I thank you for the power of forgiveness. And I choose to forgive everyone who has hurt me. Help me and then put anyone who has offended you free and release them to you. Help me bless those who have hurt me. Help me walk in righteousness, peace and joy, demonstrating your life here on earth. And I choose to be kind and compassionate, forgiving others, just as you forgave me. In Jesus' name, amen. Fortunately, God held his protecting hand over me and guided me through my three-year healing process. And the prophet Micah said, Rejoice not over me, my enemy. When I fall, I shall rise. So like the prophet Micah, I resolved to rise again to date other women, and so I decided to see a counselor. For my friends, this came as a surprise because I belonged to the group of men who had a low opinion of counseling, saying things like, why would I ever do such a thing? That's not for me, that's only for women and those who have some serious issues. Now I see how short-sighted our views were or my views were because today I'm a big fan of counseling Because it has been a substantial part of my emotional healing process and has helped me become a better person. I am so grateful for the counselors, both professionals and caring friends who have walked beside me, taught me much and helped me heal. I would never be where I am today without them. Counseling enabled me to process my relationship with Lauren and learn from it. And the lessons I have learned made me stronger than ever before. Although our relationship was unsuccessful in that we did not end up getting married, I do not view it as a failure now. In my eyes, failure only occurs when we don't try our hardest and just play it safe. If we take courage, fix the broken things, and learn from our past experiences, we succeed. And I like this verse from Proverbs. The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. So if an unsuccessful relationship has caused you to trip and fall, don't stay down. Get up, fix whatever broke, and then move forward. Never, ever play it safe. Get off your couch and go find the roses. If you doubt God is good, he will provide it to you over and over again. This is another critical step of your healing. Remember that God is good and everyone all the time. We've all been in relationships that didn't quite work out. But let's not call these failures because that just brings us down and makes us lose hope. Instead, let's get back up after less than successful relationships and get ready for some healing change. 
As your leadership coach Robin Sharma once said, all change is hard at first, messy in the middle, and it's gorgeous at the end. And once you've gone through the sometimes painful healing process, you'll find yourself in the beautiful, peaceful place that David described. He said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Healing from past relationships can be a difficult and painful process, but it is one that is necessary for moving forward and finding happiness and living a life of purpose. Remember to seek God's guidance, forgive yourself and others, consider seeking counseling if needed. By taking these steps, you can heal your wounds and prepare yourself for a brighter future. Because we need to be healthy to live for something greater than ourselves. Thank you for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to share it with your friends on social media and leave a review. By doing so, you're helping us reach more people and inspire them to find purpose and meaning in their lives too. We have excellent resources waiting for you on our website, unlockmeaning.com. I look forward to your thoughts, questions, and topic suggestions. Take care and keep unlocking the meaning in your life. See you next time.